Welcome to Golf and the Good Life, your guide to golf travel across the pond. I'm DJ Jones, joined by my friend and colleague, Connor Evers. Connor, great as always to be back with you. As we said in the last couple of episodes, uh, things are running full tilt right now for the 2023 golf travel season. What is the good word from across the pond? DJ, it's always great to chat with you about golf travel and everything across the pond. And uh, yes, to your point, it is full swing. Uh, we're recording this in the month of May of 2023, and we have groups that um, are traveling and actually a lot that have already returned that started in, in April. So um, things are off to a great start. And if you are listening to this and you are thinking about booking a trip for 2024, Call us now because we are having um, some availability concerns for 2024. And, you know, obviously you've got the heavy hitters that we've talked about in the past podcasts of Muirfield and the old course and Royal Portrush and Royal County down. But, you know, even some things outside of that in the Southwest and, and what have you, I mean, it, it's going to go very quick. So again, if you are listening to this and thinking about next year, don't wait on it. Get on it ASAP. Um, so that is my advice to everything, everyone, before we uh, we start off with our 10 tips for uh, stress-free travel. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything that we have tried to not so subtly say during this podcast, it is that you've got to get on uh, on this early and to be flexible as well. Those two things are just so important right now because, like, as Connor said, you know, here we are in the spring of 2023 and some of the marquee courses are already more or less off the table for 2024. And that's kind of incredible to think of, uh, you know, and, and that being the case, but it's where we are. So if those courses are on your list, you got to get on it early. But as Connor mentioned, today's topic is 10 tips for a stress-free golf trip across the pond. And this is, you know, really designed for those of you who are counting down to a trip, whether it's this year or next, uh, to kind of share some of the best practices that you know we've learned through the years to help you make the most of your time across the pond uh, because it will pass before you know it. So I'm going to lead us off with tip number one, and that is to choose your invites carefully. You know, most of the time your group is pretty clear. You're traveling with your core group of buddies or maybe your family or or your regular foursome. But once in a while, you have to branch out to one or two additional people to help round off the trip, you know, to get you to maybe that magic number of eight golfers or to or or what have you. Well, that is where things can sometimes go off the rails. And so when you're considering who to bring in for, to the trip, obviously ensuring that everyone gets along or that your like-minded bunch is important. But one of the key things is to also ensure that you're on the same page in terms of budget. Nobody likes to talk about money, but for the sake of your trip, you really should. You, you want to make sure that everybody has a clear understanding of what's happening, both up front and when you get there um, in terms of what's going to be required as far as expense. The second key thing is to make sure you've got a group captain. Every expedition that travels with us has a captain, and we do it that way for a very clear reason, because one of the number one sources of stress when it comes to planning one of these trips is having too many cooks in the kitchen. It's a cliche phrase, but it's perfect for this. So you want to nominate one person that kind of takes the ball and puts everything together and everyone else, you just got to go with the flow. And then the last little tip when it comes to being selective is to avoid that guy. 
And what we mean is, listen, we all know this person. They, they've got an opinion on everything. You don't really like playing with them. You probably don't want to hang out with them off the golf course either. And they just kind of drain the life out of your group when they're around. Well, make no mistake, they will do the same thing to your trip. So make sure that their invite is lost in the mail. Yeah, for sure. It, you guys can't see the video, but DJ did put some air quotes up in the air when he when he said that guy, you know, make sure that person is staying behind. And as DJ's point, if, if you can't go out and, you know, have a beer with this person after you're around a golf, you know, they're probably not the person to invite on a on a trip across the pond. So yeah, keep that, keep that guy back at your club. <laughs> Um, and then tip number two is to hire a driver host. I mean, we've we've talked about this to a little bit more extent in uh, in a past podcast. And if you are interested in that and you know want some more information, you can go back and listen to that one. But this person really is the ultimate stress reliever. Um, they take care of essentially everything. And you know, I, I joke with a lot of our groups when they are kind of deciding between if they want to self drive or um, have a driver host. Is say if your group is eight. Technically, if you have a driver host, your group is nine because they are part of your, your group. Um, you know, they're going to have your itinerary. They're going to even before you arrive, they're going to know pretty much what you have going on every day from the moment you arrive to the day you depart to go home. Yeah, you may not be looking at your itinerary every single day of what you're doing, but this person will and will kind of keep you guys straight, if, <laughs> if you will, too. So um, and the biggest thing is they're going to solve any issues. Again, it could be something to the extent of, hey, you arrived, you have a rival day golf. And, uh, you know, maybe one of the group members is clubs didn't make it and they're, you know, on a delayed flight. Um, that person can go out and play with rental clubs that maybe the club can assist with. But while you guys are out playing golf, that driver can go back to the airport, pick them up and bring them to you. And maybe even have them on the back nine, if you will. So you just never know. But that person is extremely important. And we cannot overstate how valuable they are. And they're they're a huge asset to a lot of our groups. And you know, when you really see the the cost benefit, if you will, of having one, the benefit definitely out outvalues the, the kind of the cost of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why one of our very first episodes was devoted entirely to why you should hire a driver host. In the value that they bring to your trip, they are worth every single penny. So moving on to tip number three, it is to divide and conquer. And what we mean by this is, you know, the tendency when you're planning a trip to, say, Scotland or Ireland is to try to, to do it all. You know, for, for many of us that we go into it thinking, well, that's my one and only trip over. It's my bucket list. I, I got to play everywhere. Well, unless you've got a month or better at your disposal, that is simply impossible because there is so much golf and so much great golf that you can never squeeze it into a single trip. But when you look at the map, um, using Ireland as the example, most of the great golf courses there and in Scotland also are sort of clustered together. In Ireland's case, there's four key regions where most of these courses are located. Scotland has five or six. The same thing goes in England. You know, actually, when it comes to, for example, England's Golf Coast, you can play all of those great golf courses, which is, includes three members of the open rota and never change your hotel. So choose a couple, play all the golf, leave the rest for your next trip because there will be another trip. You might be going into this thinking, well, it's my one and only time over. Most of the time, it's not. 
Link's cough is very addicting. And once you've had a taste of it, the the need and the itch to go back rarely leaves you. Yeah, it's it's definitely addicting. Um, you have to be very imaginative, um, you know, when it when it comes to hitting some of these shots across the pond and it is addicting and a lot of people come to us saying hey you know it's it's our it's our bucket list trip it's our you know one and only time and it's just not the case and you know you may say that and obviously I won't joke about it but probably come back in the future wanting to go again so um to, to DJ's point divide and conquer that is very very much key and just just focus on the two different regions we want you to again as cliche as it sounds stop and smell the roses and kind of experience where you're where you're currently at um, and that gets us to point number four when it comes to a little bit more logistics, and, and that is to ship your golf clubs. Um, you know, maybe you're on a connection here in the States and you land in Dublin or Edinburgh or what have you, and uh, your clubs don't make it and you speak to a representative and they're actually back in the States. Um, and, and that sometimes does happen. Um, there's a few different, uh, you know, companies that that offer services for shipping golf clubs. But, um, you know, this is a, a nice thing, again, to reduce some of the stress and to make sure your clubs do get over there. And I would say at, at, at the worst, at least just ship them over and, you know, maybe you can return them because you don't need them, you know, that <laughs> if they are lost when you're coming back stateside, but um, at least have them, you know, shipped over. And just the one caveat and kind of nuance when it comes to this is you need to give yourself a lot of wiggle room to make sure um, you know, obviously you're getting shipped. They need to be on a flight over. There's also, they, they also need to get uh, approved and go through customs. So make sure you give yourself, I mean, I'm not even joking a week to sometimes even 10 days prior, even if, if more than that, uh, because there are times where they do get um, caught in customs and that sometimes delays them. But so say if you are, you know, if your first round of golf is on a Monday, maybe even, you know, ship them over on the Thursday or Friday of the prior week of that. Um, to make sure that they can they can you know arrive and you're on one of the websites you may be getting a quote from one of the the shipping companies and it says hey ship it on this day and it will get there that day maybe not trust it I'll be honest you know give it a couple extra days and and make sure you get that over um, and there are some uh, some paperwork that you need to fill out as well for some of them for customs and just make sure that is filled out and it's full and tidy as well um, to make sure that there's no issues when it comes to customs. So um, again, there's some nuances of it, uh, but you know, most of the time, if you do ship your clubs, again, it's just a peace of mind. You can track them, you can see where they're at and they're either at your hotel, um, you know, prior of, of arriving, which is, which is a nice benefit. Yeah. I mean, there, there is no completely risk-free situation when it comes to trying to get golf clubs from the United States to Scotland. Put them in the hands of the airline, they might get lost. Put them in the hands of the shipping company, they might get stuck in customs. There, you know, what this is about is let's try to minimize your your risk. And that tip that you gave of allow yourself some extra days is a really great one. I mean, perfect example. I'm I'm heading over next week. My first round of golf is not until 12, uh, my, I know it's actually 13 days from now. And I dropped him off at DHL this morning because I wasn't willing to take the risk of getting stuck in customs. So allow that extra time. But moving on to tip number five is to play 36 holes sparingly. This kind of goes back to the divide and conquer thing. You know, it is so easy to overdo it when you're mapping out what courses you want to play on your trip. And you know, it's great that there's a ton of daylight in Scotland and Ireland during the summer and playing 36 holes is very easily done in, in many cases. But 
you really want to just kind of be honest with yourself and say, you know, when was the last time I played 36 holes a day for a week straight? And I'm guessing the, the answer for most of us is never. So why would you try to do it overseas? Again, you don't want to get to the end of the trip and have it be just a complete blur. And if you're playing 36 holes a day for a week, listen, by the end of that trip, you are going to just be going through the motions. It's, you know, it's not to say don't play 36. You know, you can sprinkle in a couple of days of it here and there, and there are some great places that where that makes sense. But choose them wisely and use the extra time that you come up with to enjoy the good life side of things instead. Yeah, we, I don't want you to to you know do a trip where you're playing 36 holes every single day, and and frankly, we would never do that as as Haversham and Baker. But you know, just speaking out loud of, of people that are listening to this or thinking about it, we, we don't want you to go over and play 36 every day, and someone asks, "Hey, did you go to the Jigger Inn?" and or, you know, and you and, and you say no. I mean, that's horrible. We <laughs> need some time to actually go to the pubs and experience where you're at. Um, you know, if you don't do those things, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, again, obviously you go for the golf, but do it sparingly and when it makes sense on your itinerary. That brings us to tip number six, which is plan a day off. And it kind of, kind of ties in there with the 36 whole days sparingly a little bit, but, um, you know, just be realistic with yourself of just what your body can handle. It, it's a lot and it takes a toll on you. Um, again, if you're just playing 18 per day, it's different. You are walking all the rounds of golf you are playing in sometimes severe winds or or rain and that doesn't happen every single day here stateside so make sure maybe just put a day off in the middle of your itinerary where you you know don't do anything um maybe you take a day to yourself and go to the spot the old course hotel or you know go to the leisure center at galgorm or do a tour of the highlands while you're up there as well because it's it's really cool it's an amazing spot maybe just <laughs> if you're into that maybe have a just a pub crawl day you could do that too if you wanted to um you know that would be fun as well but you know have that day off and really experience the culture and and really where you're at um and if we don't want you to come back and be like hey i saw the golf but i didn't see the country so that's our that's our advice too for tip number six I wonder if I could put together some kind of side gig for uh, <laughs> pub crawls in St. Andrews. I'm sure some mm. student has already thought of this, but it's a pretty great idea that you have there. But it, but it ties in, you know, right back to tip number seven, and that is to ask the concierge. And in this case, we mean ours, because like Connor was just saying, your time off the golf course is just as important to your overall experience on the trip as your time on it. And so in the planning process, put things on the books, look at, you know, some sightseeing tours, put some distillery tours on the books, massages, dinners, or maybe a private dinner to cap your trip, whatever it might be. These are the kind of things that you don't want to be scrambling to put together either at the last minute or during the trip itself. You know, many of the restaurants over there as a perfect example, they are much smaller than what you encounter here. And so if you're a party of eight or 12, and you try to walk into some of these places, you're just going to get turned away and you're going to be stuck eating pub food, you know, every night. Nothing wrong with pub food every night. But if you want anything approaching a good meal, you're going to want to plan it in advance. And so connect with Jen Eccles, our concierge, if you're traveling with us, because she's an absolute master at all of this. And don't leave it to the last minute. 
you know, waiting until, you know, the day before you leave to put it on the books, you may find that most of these places are, you know, are already booked in some cases, because as we've said over and over again, it is insanely busy overseas right now. And if you, if you're not traveling with us, well, again, you know, do, do some research, but, but don't wait on these good life activities because when you get there, they're going to be harder to come by. Absolutely. Um, yeah, make sure you're you're preparing for that and getting on it as soon as possible. Um, you know, we talk about the golf, but it's just as important for the the off the course uh, excursions and what have you as well that you'd like to do. Um, and that brings us to tip number eight, which is prepare your game. And I would even pr uh, say prepare your your body for this trip. Um, when I say prepare your body, I mean make sure you're taking a, a golf cart, not taking a golf cart. Um, you know, four to six weeks or so before you depart for your trip, because Culturally and historically, you are walking every one of the golf courses. If you go from playing all your rounds of golf in a cart to, you know, playing six or seven or so rounds of golf in, in a week or a little bit more span and, and, uh, you know, maybe it rains every day and it's windy. And again, the turf is a little bit harder. It's going to take a toll on your body. Um, and it just will just naturally. So make sure you're just walking a little bit more, um, maybe do a little bit on the treadmill too. You never know. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, the other tip is, is prepare your game, you know, practice some run-up shots, um, practice lag putting. I mean, you can get some putts where they're hundred feet or so, and it's just, that's just what it is. And, and a lot of times you can even putt from 50 yards off the green. And a lot of times that's to play because you can't even tell if you're in the fairway or on the green, you just don't know <laughs> some places. So, um, you know, keeping, keeping the ball low and, 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 you know, below the wind is, is key as well. And I like to give a tip too, is you know, talk to your professional, maybe get a, a, a lesson package, uh, maybe three lessons or something and work on everything from off the tee all the way to putting. Um, when it comes to this, of hitting shots a little bit lower, working on chip shots where maybe you're using a seven or a five iron or what have you and talk to a PJ professional. And I'm sure they can definitely help, um, again, preparing your game for this overseas trip that you're looking forward to. That is an outstanding tip because there there really is no replacement for the guidance of an expert. And that ties in perfectly to tip number nine, and that is to take a caddy. And again, we devoted an entire episode of the podcast to this very topic for a very good reason, because number one, they are going to save you so many strokes around the golf course, not only, you know, with finding golf balls in the rough, which as we talked about is some kind of Harry Potter situation, but the, the blind shots that you're going to encounter and the, you know, the winds and the subtle reads of the greens, you need this expert on your bag and the, the strokes that they're going to save you. If you play around with a caddy and then play the next day, without a caddy, you're going to discover very quickly why you invested in them in the first place. But the other reason is they are just going to end up being the highlight of your trip in many cases. You know, the what they bring to your experience, whether it's the jokes and the quips and the one-liners, you know, for many of our members every year, when we read our surveys after their trips, the caddies are almost at the top of the list, right alongside the driver hosts. And so invest in the caddy they are worth every single penny. Yeah. And we have, like DJ said, we have a really good episode on them just specifically, but you know, a lot of our best memories from across the pond is just jokes or jabs or whatever that they say. And it's, it's, it adds to the experience overall. So I, I definitely agree with that point. Uh, and last but not least, tip number 10 is to call the bat phone. 
So at Haversham and Baker, we have what's called, uh, jokingly, we call the bat phone, but it is a 24 seven uh, phone hotline, if you will. Um, so if anything occurs while you're across the pond, you know, you can call this number. Um, we'd love to say that every trip goes 100% to plan, but sometimes stuff happens. It's travel and international travel more specifically. So if anything happens, you can call that number and myself or one of our other team members will be able to assist, you know, during the day or even at night um, with the time changes as well. It is a nice benefit and a perk that uh, that our travelers and our members that travel with us um, with Haversham and Baker do get. Um, and I will also add to our point about hiring a driver host is a lot of those bat phone calls that we do receive come from a lot of self-drive trips because that driver host is there to help and make sure that trip gets back on to, to kind of point and, and to plan with your itinerary again, based on so many different things that could occur when you're doing this. So um, again, just a big benefit where that driver host is there to help and answer any of those questions. And again, get you back on sorts for the trip. Yeah. If you go to the show notes uh, in hopes of finding the phone number for the bat phone, unfortunately we, we, we that you won't find it there, <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully the tips that we've provided here today will help alleviate a lot of the stress that you may encounter during the trip. For one last little snippet to, to add is that you've put a lot of time and energy and, and stress and thought and whatever into preparing for this trip. It will pass in the blink of an eye. So while you're over there, just really make every effort you can to stay in the moment, be in every single shot, and don't sweat the small stuff. So we're going to bring this one to a close. If there's anything we missed and you have any questions, as always, you can send them our way, golf at haversham.com, or you can DM us on social media. But as always, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back again soon with another episode. But until then, we wish you plenty of golf at its finest and life at its best. <laughs>